looking over reviews and fucking Cisco and the Ebert reviewed this movie and to be quite honest the reason why I'm surprised is I just would have thought that this type of campy movie would not be on their radar they'd be like oh fuck this noise you know mm-hmm. must have been so, a slow week um, at the movies he was talking about how he liked it and I was surprised and I thought like that would have been cool to include in the episode <laughs> to critique him saying mm-hmm. that he likes his movie of all things just because I feel like he would hate this movie, you know, it's it's fun trash. It's it's hard yeah. to be against it. I mean, it's for some reason it doesn't have the greatest critical rating, but I don't know. I mean, I I think it's a lot of fun. I always did as a kid, and I think it still holds up as an adult. Honestly, uh, Jim Wynerski is the director of Chopping Mall, which is another kind of trashy movie that a lot of people really enjoy for camp value uh turns out he also directed a lot of pornography (laughs) which i think kind of plays into the sleazy feeling that the movie has you know it's fucking wild i went down the amount of porn that he's directed and continues to direct is pretty crazy you know and on that note, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Post Credits Podcast. <laughs> Over there talking about pornography. Yeah. That's Matt Pepler, my co-host. I'm not doing, a buddy? creep. <laughs> I'm not a creep. I mean, just starting the episode off with me talking about pornography does not mean that I'm a connoisseur of pornography. Of the perverted just, arts. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, you know, you know, researching this movie. Researching mm-hmm. Return of Swamp Thing. Uh, which... Yeah, I, I didn't know that either until uh, my buddy pointed that out because I, I put this movie on and he's like, you know, wh- where do I know this guy? From? Like that name sounds familiar. And he's like, oh, Chopping Mall. And then he, like, he's on his phone Googling it and it's like, oh, holy smokes, look at all these. You know, this guy is responsible for a lot of things that I just scoff at when I'm like buying a movie or when I worked at Blockbuster because he he's also responsible and we're talking about Jim Wynorski, mm-hmm. Wynorski, however you want to pronounce it. That like he also did all, uh, well, not all, but he, well, he's responsible for these dumbass monster movies, the <laughs> Piranaconda, okay. and um, Dino Croc versus Super Gator. You know, so it's like all these things. Wow. Where it's like, Jesus, who's watching this shit? Well, it's directed by this guy, Jim Wynorski. A lot of your straight to sci-fi channel. Yeah. But now, but now, like, more responsible. Well, not responsible. But he also made, like, the Bear Wench Project, which is a franchise unto itself, but it's a porn parody of the Blair Witch Project. That sent me down, like, another porn parody rabbit hole where it's, like, he also did Paranocker's Activity, The Hills Have Thighs, you know, (sighs) Alabama Jones and the Busty Crusade. It's pun for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe just dad. Yeah, after, no shit. Moms and dads after the kitties go to sleep. Yeah. 
I like how you keep saying he's responsible. Like, you know, that's this some moral. Well, it's like, how dare where... you? It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's kind of, yeah. Like, how dare you, sir? Like, I don't know. I feel like someone would slap him at a dinner party. Like, oh, you're a director. What'd you direct? And it's like Indiana Bones and the Temple of Poon. Like, <laughs> you know, like get your shit out of here. You know, uh, hey, yeah, next week I, I'm filming Edward Penis Hands, you know. Yeah, I, I will say that that bothers me when you take something popular and pervert it like that because. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just feel like it's that playground mentality of like, why do you like that? That's a baby's thing. What are you doing with that? That's stupid. You know, like, do we have to take the piss out of everything? Like, can't can't, can't we just we, fucking we just enjoy nice <laughs> something for once? No, because we're people. And any anytime a new form of technology is involved, you got to fucking ruin it. What's the first thing you do? Pornography, of course, like. You know, right. the guy the guy that invented the camera is rolling over in his grave because, you know, someone's first fucking idea was how do I put my penis in front of this thing? You know, right. Fucking people, yeah. man. This, this is why we can't have nice things. No, I, I agree. And it's like sickening. He has a lengthy list of movies he's done. It's not like. 40, which I would consider a lot. It's like well over 100. Where it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, you know, they can shoot these movies in like a single day. So it's not like producing an yeah. actual film where right. it takes thought and production. It's, you know, meanwhile, somewhere in the San Fernando Valley, like <laughs> right. there's, there's just a whole, you know, pop up pornography films happening 24 seven. Enough about that. I know we've trashed the guy a lot, but even a broken clock is right twice a day, as the expression goes. And this movie, I think yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, I've uh, gone through, like, liking it as a kid to, like, even as close as, like, a year ago being like, this is such trash and does a disservice to Swamp Thing than to, like, liking it now, mm -hmm. you know? So I guess it just depends on what mood I'm in when I watch it will be like, yeah, I liked it from my last experience, you know? Yeah. Uh, but maybe in the future, I'll watch it again and be like, no, this is absolute garbage, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it really depends on, depends on my mood, you know, how I'm feeling. <laughs> so. I, I totally get that because as a kid, you know, who was big on He-Man and G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles and just superheroes in general, my exposure to Swamp Thing was like, you know, okay, he's he's just this. He's like, uh, you know, a guy with strength kind of like running around in this crazy regenerative factor and he's made out of plants and whatnot. And he just he's running around in a swamp, you know, he's he's Swamp Punisher. Right. 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 But, but then when yes. you get a little older and then, you know, you can track down some of these Alan Moore comics and then like oh, see boy. the different take on Swamp Thing. You know, it's I mean, but that happens all the time in popular fiction because the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk series is nothing like the Peter David Incredible Hulk. Where yeah. He really took that character, did a lot of transformative things with the fiction, and then that became like the new standard bearer for what Incredible Hulk 
was as a character. And I think that's kind of what Alan Moore did when he took over Swamp Thing was, you know, he's like, I'm really going to get inside this, make this my own, kind of pull it apart, put it back together. And that's what he did, because like those first 20 issues of Swamp Thing, I mean, they really he's kind of just a strong man running around fighting people in the swamp. For real. Yeah, exactly. And um, for me, my first experience, other than this movie and the the series, which was awful, that was really awful. <laughs> you know, I remember parts of it, but just like Swamp Thing and talking, but I don't remember any of the plots or anything. And I'm always tempted being the Swamp Thing fan that I've become to like purchase that off at the last minute. Like it's been in my cart multiple times. <laughs> And I don't know. I just I think I'll just let it be in the past and not like try to check it out. You know, I like, think I think that's a wise decision because some of those are on YouTube and okay. I was just like clicking through there. Yeah, like, I I didn't okay. have it as a kid because we weren't allowed to have cable because, yeah. you know, my, right. My dad refused to get with uh, the 1980s. <laughs> Never had cable, though, right? To this day. The only time I ever had cable when I was when I was in college and no but your your dad though no no no. yeah no never okay (laughs) yeah they they only have netflix because i put it on the tv (laughs) man you just sort of kept him back in that that little um you know what what are those called the the time capsules you Mm know yeah like you have never experienced this world like i knew i knew someone that never had seen terminator predator or an alien movie now it's not that you would need to see all of them, but it's so surprising that they hadn't seen any one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this must last your entire life. You must never be able to watch any of these movies. You have to be like the Omega Man of not watching these movies, you know? I, you know, it isn't, though, because I got a buddy that was born in the 90s, it, exactly like you're describing, and I popped his cherry on Predator, Aliens, Terminator, Friday the 13th, the Halloween series and RoboCop, and it, it's crazy to think that he only would have known of RoboCop from playing Mortal Kombat 11. That's wild. <laughs> What's wrong with Had he not people? seen these Just, movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I got into uh, Swamp Thing, like really into the Swamp Thing, because I was looking for more Alan Moore stuff. I had read V for Vendetta, I had read Watchmen, and I'm like, wow, this is... Like, mind-blowing incredible. What mm-hmm. else has he done? Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. Well, sure, I'll go buy the first volume because, like, Vertigo had released them in, like, hardcover. And my mind, like, was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, it's crazy. I love the stories that Alan Moore brought to Swamp Thing. And it made it so much more uh, nuanced and science fiction and then, like, the whole, like, what is it to be, like, what is humanity type stuff? Really interesting shit. And I'm like, this isn't a comic? What the hell's going on? Yeah. No, it, it was some real heady stuff. And it also helped, I'm sure, that it's kind of a horror book. Right, right. Because there are very strong themes of horror in running through those comics. And that's not something yeah. that you were really prepared for growing up with the West no. Craven Swamp thing the cartoon return of swamp thing that shitty usa series <laughs> yeah so you, like you have a whole life 
of being primed that Swamp Thing kind of sucks, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and then it's like, after I read the books, I'm like, man, we have not gotten a good representation of Swamp Thing ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's uh, because it is so, like on surface level, you're like, this is so preposterous. No, it, it is. And I was having that debate with someone because another friend of mine is super into fighting games, different from the one that I was talking about with Mortal Kombat. But super into fighting games like he goes to evo I, I, he doesn't win or anything but like you know he he tries to play competitively blah blah yeah. blah anyway he was bitching about the fact that like swamp things going up against superman and how ridiculous that is and blah 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 and i'm just like dude no like in <laughs> yeah. in dc comics he's feared as like an omega level potentially world ending character because of how <laughs> fucking ridiculous his powers are he's like really like, yeah oh no yeah like yeah for like fans of something they're like that's legit <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like outsiders looking in like that's the dumbest thing that could happen like yeah superman's laser eyes would just set swamp thing on fire you know like mm-hmm. but nah no and then he just grow back somewhere else you know <laughs> i know which i really like that they included that in this movie you know There are things that I like about it that are like, you know, pretty spot on. But then there's just like the campiness kind of overrides some of that appreciation. Yeah. You know, we didn't need the lightning effect over top of the slime as it's forming back together in the bathtub. (laughs) Right. I was uh, when you said lightning effect, I was thinking of the fight between the leech and swamp thing. And then it's like for some unknown reason, they just have electricity on their weapons. It's not lightning out. Yeah. And then they're just like, here's we're fighting so hard right now, we got static electricity brewing on our weapons. Right. <laughs> you know, instead of a spark, it's <laughs> it generates a lightning bolt. Yeah. That's that's some Power Ranger shit. This movie came out four weeks before Batman 89. Okay. <sighs> you know, if it if it didn't come out before Batman, I'm pretty sure they've been like just don't release this movie. We're going to be a laughing stock, you know, if we, if they weren't already when this came out, you know, I just, it's like, here you have this like trajectory changing movie, like with Batman 89, where mm-hmm. it's like, there's comic book movies, you know, before Batman, but then there's them afterwards, you know, where it's right. like, you know, we're taking this like pretty fucking seriously now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think, I think it would have just gone to obscurity. I don't think they would have released it. I think this would have been it. Maybe direct to video right on VHS. But yeah, to get a theatrical release, surprisingly. I'm sure that Louis Jordan wishes that was the situation because the level of him not wanting to be in a single frame of this movie, I think is the most apparent I've seen since... Harrison Ford in the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that he didn't like this. Oh my God. Yeah. No, there's a director's <laughs> commentary on the DVD that I have. And you yeah. have this on DVD? Of course. Well, I mean, you say of course, but it's like, I don't, you know. Well, that's, but I, I you did. Do you, man. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, there is like a special edition of Return of Swamp Thing that mm-hmm. came out uh, sometime relatively recently. Yeah, I bought that too. The The colors really do pop and really are super vibrant. Like, 
I remember, like, I was reading the thing where it's like, well, you know, do I really need Return of Swamp Thing in high definition? The answer is yes, right. but that's the conversation you're having well, with yourself. I was just gonna say, like, I think the the what I streamed was like the re- restored version, like of the high definition. Where'd you stuff. watch it at? I think it's the only one that's online. Tubi is where I found it because it was on Amazon Prime because I saved it, you know, because mm-hmm. we were talking about this, and of course, you know no longer available when i go to watch it it's just oh, okay. you know a, re- a repeating pattern that i have yeah. for this this pull, podcast pull the true lies on you it did and so i was like yeah i don't want to pay for it but i also don't want to have commercials and stuff because tubi has commercials uh-huh. they're not that bad so i flipped a coin and tubi it was i was like okay you know so i watched it there but within seconds i was like this looks really good yeah. <laughs> you know like it's surprising because i think i had only seen it in uh like it being from a blown out vhs transfer you know Mm -hmm. i don't remember it being this clear or this vibrant in colors in fact i remember the fight sequence between swamp thing and the leech and it just being a black mess you know uh where you're like i don't even see what's going on you know so who knows when i saw it last but this new version looks Great. I'm contemplating spending a lot of money on Swamp Thing right now because I didn't know that there's a movie or a novelization of this movie by Peter David. What? Wow. Way to, way to bring that full circle, being I was talking about Peter David earlier. <laughs> yeah. And Peter David didn't like the movie, so he rewrote it. And then when he gave it back to the studio they were fine with releasing it as is. So I guess it's a better story than what we saw in, on this movie. <laughs> but it's so old. It's like $25 for one of those shitty paperbacks from the 80s, you know? Honestly, so. that doesn't sound that bad compared to, yeah. like, the novelization for, like, I don't know, Elm Street Part 3 or some of the other things. Because, like, those are cool to read sometimes because there are scenes that are in them that weren't in the movies because like for Elm street three, for example, when he's walking the, the sleepwalker through, Uh through the mental hospital. Yeah. In the book, he's, he's puppeting him, but Freddy Krueger is actually standing in front of him and his feet are on his feet. So he's like actually walking him out there physically, which I think is fucking terrifying because as scary as that scene is to think of Freddy Krueger doing that to you while you're flayed and you have no choice, but look into that crispy (laughs) fucking cackling wild eyed face while he's walking you to your death. I mean, that is crazy shit. And that's the kind of thing that does make tracking those things down. So if you do that, uh, let me know. I'd love to hear what you come up with yeah what i think of it yeah i'm just like like i said i've become like a pretty big swamp thing fan and swamp thing i think has become like my favorite comic book character because it's so much more involved than what i thought and it's so much more interesting it's like those interesting things you want to see in a comic book character Mm -hmm. is like in swamp thing but you know swamp thing don't get no love man (laughs) like it's a really interesting character but Man, yeah, D- DC show. DC kind of like, hates what them. The hell, yeah, but it's awesome. Anyways, back to Return of the Swamp thing. 
So yes, what'd you think? Louis Jordan <laughs> did not want to be in this movie at all. And you can really tell at two times, I think, because you know the the scene where Lana switches the vials on him and he's turning it on and being all smarmy and charming and <laughs> yeah. it's like it's, it's not important in my, my life no yeah. it's, it's the thing it's, it's just like <laughs> yeah 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 and when he shoots her and just instantly deadpans i feel like that's what happened every time they said cut <laughs> oh wow the second time is during the ending credits when they're mm-hmm. kind of showing an outtake where everybody's having a good time and then he just gives this like the fuck ever man kind of look yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I I interpreted it one of like kind of two separate ways simultaneously. Like I'm coming back again for the third one or this is me, not the actor, but this is just my personality thinking I'm glad that this shit shows over. You know. That's probably it's the kind correct of like, way to look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What has my career become? <laughs> like that's probably yeah. what he's thinking. Cuz he did some high profile stuff. He played Dracula. Octopussy. Octopussy yep. was a big one. And I think that's part of the reason why there was such a shift from the first movie where he was just kind of a scientist to he's basically a James Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's like they took the Moonraker henchman and because Jim Winerski is into pornos, you know, smutted everything up to, right. to like level 10. So now, so yeah, take the sleeves off him. So you got all these beefcakes running around the swamp. <laughs> You know, dude, all- why is this movie like I feel like it's two sequences away from being becoming a porno like I always feel like, oh, my God, we're so close. Someone's going to take off their top and then we're, there's going to be like lovemaking. Right. Like, uh-huh. I feel like that we're that close. At like all through the movie. Right. I mean, would I that have know. been this a bad thing? So You've sleazy. got some pretty good looking girls in there. <laughs> I'm, no, you know, I, I mean, not, not necessarily. Not that, not that but... I'm condoning that thing. Uh, uh, on the on the same token, I would have been fine with it. <laughs> I I wouldn't have cared too much either. But it's also the context of this movie. This mm-hmm. movie was like made for kids. You have like prominent kid actors being in this, and I just feel like if it went down that road, you couldn't help but feel dirty. By you would lose that it. audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh god. Now we're talking about the kids in the swamp with the camera. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just seems to get awkward really fast. And everyone's so goddamn sweaty. I get that it's in Georgia, like Savannah in the swamps and everything. But man, it, it just looks like everyone's uncomfortable. Right. Can you imagine what Dick Duroc looked like under that makeup? Like, the only reason he's probably not looking like a mess is because the character looks like a mess. <laughs> so it's right. like you, you just can't tell. <laughs> you know, the costume weighed like 50 pounds. I believe like, it. Jesus. And he's like, Dick Duroc's kind of a badass. I did some research on him and he's six, five. He's a tall guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And he can just do a standing backflip. What? Like, how does, how does that work? Oh, wow. Good like you're him. the size of an NBA player. And you're like, hey, I'm just going to do a standing backflip right now. What? That's so much weight to fling upside down from a standing position. It is, but he's, he's got long legs. And a lot of that has to do with inertia. And I, I only know this because I'm a psychopath and I'm trying to teach myself how to do butterfly kicks right now. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's pretty difficult. <laughs> I'm about halfway there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty incredible. Okay. Like, I don't know. Just that much weight to fling backwards. Hey, you know what though? That that suit, let's since we're talking about the suit, that is a quantum leap over the Wes Craven movie. Because Oh yeah. There's no very plasticky looking. Yeah. And then this is like, oh my god, that's cool. That's what Swamp Thing should look like. And I feel like they kind of carried that forward into the new series with Derek Mears. Yeah. Yep. But then for the TV show, they kind of <laughs> cut the budget there. Like, I don't know. That well, you know, what's interesting. You know, what's interesting is that uh, they used the suit from uh, this movie for the series, but it kept breaking down, you know, because uh, the this movie came out in 89 and then the series came out in 90. So there was like a year gap and it just kind of deteriorated, but they, you know, were too goddamn cheap to actually make a new one and make it work. So they just kind of glued swamp parts onto the pre-existing oh. return of swamp thing outfit. <laughs> so That's a shame. That's a yeah. damn shame. Although yeah. that tells me that the costume must have been primarily made out of a foam latex base, which being that it's coming in and out of water, is not kind like that material right. would have just broken down naturally. So, oh my God, poor Dick Durock that, that he had to, that reminds me of a set experience I had one time where we were filming <laughs> a movie. It wasn't one of my movies. It was a movie I was working on. We were at this castle. Yes, there is a castle in Michigan one. And it was this medieval thing. One of the actors didn't show up. So, they recast him and reshot all of his stuff. At the end of the day, we're getting ready to like pack everything in. You know, that guy had left already. The actor who was supposed to play that character shows up and the director didn't want to admit that they recast him and shot all the scenes. So he's, he's, oh, he Jesus. shot it. He shot it again with, with the original guy. Here's the funny thing though. What he, the fuck? Here's no, no, it gets better. So the guy, pulls his costume out of the Rubbermaid container, pulls it out of the bag. It's dripping with sweat because of the guy who replaced Who'd him. Who'd already used it. Yeah, yeah, earlier that day. And he's like, hmm, still wet from a month ago, huh? <laughs> Puts oh it on. <laughs> Nobody I says never anything. I felt like I wanted to throw up more than I do. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to vomit. Like, this is disgusting. I mean, imagine putting on a suit that's just, like, what, a gallon of someone else's sweat? So, I, I can't imagine yeah. that, because sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. We needed a shot. We needed a shot for the redeadening. okay? The character uh -huh. who played the vampire, Mr. Brian Wisman, had had his head yeah. cut off. His costume, completely drenched in blood, because we put it on a dummy, this dummy is just a volcano of fake blood, right? So yeah. it's like, shit, I need one more shot, but I I don't want to buy another costume again. So I pull it out of the trash can, unball it, because it's just like corn syrup and all stuck together, put that disgusting fucking thing on, did the shot, and oh, yeah, I couldn't take a shower fast enough. <laughs> uh. That's how Dick Durock felt every day working on that goddamn yeah, tv series every day <laughs> every day god i'm really grossed out at the guy who came back in 
And shame on the director for not saying like he was fired. God, that's gross. Yep. Can you imagine? I don't even. I don't want to go down this road. I really don't. So I'm gonna leave it there. All you can hope at that point, if you're that guy, is that the movie turned out good. And spoilers, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's like <laughs> that's kind of a clusterfuck, isn't it? Right. Like uh -huh. you sacrifice. You're absorbing other people's sweat, right? Unbeknownst to you, like you're, you're also you're just basting in their herbs and spices, <laughs> right? But you you would pro if you knew you're probably thinking like, okay, this is okay. The payout because the payout of yeah. having a sex successful movie would be fantastic. So you're mm -hmm. gonna put up with this fucking hell on earth, right? But then the movie tanks or doesn't go anywhere or God knows what just gets thrown into the void of obscurity. Uh -huh. You don't have anything to show for it. Man, the hatred that would just form in my soul for the people that put me in that position would be so immense. Well, like, don't work oh on movies God. then because unfortunately that is the way it turns out more times than not. Although the thing that gets you through those moments and, you know, maybe that's a measure of insanity or a comment on, <laughs> on my uh, mind state, but I like to think that pain is temporary films forever. So, you know, you always well, at least yeah, have that document. <laughs> well, you can always watch it. You know, you can always show it to people. You always have those stories to tell people. But I think that there's some sort of ratio of success to what you would put your body through. And there's a, there's a, a ratio that's too small where it's unacceptable, you know? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that separates rational people from people who will do anything to make it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm rational. You, hear, you heard it here first. This is crazy. I'm a rational person. That's that's a real role reversal for this podcast. <laughs> yes. I spout irrational shit all the time. Uh, but anyways, uh, going back to Dick Durack, he's also was a stunt person on like a bunch of really cool shit like Monster Squad and Die Hard with a Vengeance. In cool. Heat. Yeah. So I wonder if since his height, I wonder if he was a stunt double for Frankenstein. I bet he was. That's a safe bet. Yeah, either that or the Wolfman, because the Wolfman was pretty beefy in that. Yeah, yeah, you could know? be. And he was hunched over. I a mean, lot, so I do have internet access, and I probably should have looked that up before this episode, because I did make a note of it, but I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't actually go further. That's what the, that's what the <laughs> yeah. listeners are for. Hey, if you guys want to look Just that up and write that in, <laughs> and now breadcrumbs for you to search. Oh man. What do you think of the monsters in this movie? I think the leech man is great. I think all of the budget went to the Swamp Thing costume, the leech man, and blowing up the facade of that mansion. And then the... <laughs> big explosion. Yeah, and then they clearly ran out of money when the, the big head guy turns into the the leader, the scientist there. Oh, yeah. Huffing on that inhaler. And it's, it's so bad. The makeup on him is so bad that when Swamp Thing punches him is that head prosthetic shaking around fucking yeah. terrible it's kind of like a balloon on the top of his head because mm -hmm. it definitely wobbles more than it should <laughs> when he's getting tossed around it's pretty bad yeah you know what was what was really grating for me though where it was just like i felt like it was assault on my ears was the sounds that all the monsters make like the the bug being tortured sound effect 
mm-hmm. with the first monster introduced in the laboratory, where it's just like, oh my god, it goes on for too long. These squealing, screeching noises. Then he gets fucking atomized. So he's like screeching during all that. It's just like, oh my god, enough is enough. Yeah, I it's... think the sounds in this movie bothered me more than anything else in this movie, to be honest. Because now that I'm thinking about it, what really annoyed me is the kids. But I don't think it's because of that the kids were in the movie. I think it's because the ginger-haired kid, his voice was too high-pitched for me to enjoy. You know? No, no, yeah. Like, their banter is great between those two kids. But yeah. he does have a very grating voice. Like, you just, you want to, you, you just wish the babysitter would put him in timeout or something. You know, like, just yeah. get him out of here. Yeah. Uh, the monster sounds, I agree, they're pretty ear rapey, and it's like a sound designer just kind of ran some shit through a guitar pedal. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like they didn't even try to like make it sound pro. They're just like, yeah, I don't know, whatever, run it through an echoplex, who gives a shit? <laughs> right. Man, I laughed so hard with the, that first fight with Swamp Thing versus the leech or leech man or whatever mm-hmm. not through the whole thing i think the fight was actually pretty decent for like an 80s monster guys in suit type things you know but like the the lightning on the fucking whatever poles they had i was like okay but then how like the propane they hit the propane tank and that sparks but then the sparks ignite the propane tank it blows up but then ignites like sets the cars on fire that are near it and before you know like all the cars are blown up it's so such a rapid succession and somehow despite the fact that you have the fastest spreading explosion in the history of the planet swamp thing sidesteps just like very kind of lazily sidesteps away from that and then before you know it he's 60 feet away like, yeah, you know, people give yeah. Jason Voorhees shit for teleporting, but like <laughs> I'm I'm calling shenanigans on that. <laughs> right. Right. That burn, though. What do you think about that? Where Leech Man runs out of the fire and then Dude, off the that dock? Was fucking crazy, because it was one of those things where I'm like it. It's not that he was burning for very long, but that fire was all over him, you know, like usually when you think of people getting burned, it's like kind of on their back you know, but like not all over, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was nuts. As uh, he's running, I liked it. Wearing a As suit, he's running, probably made out of highly toxic chemicals. Right. <laughs> and then also has to know like the pacing of it. He has to know where he is at on the dock. So he knows he's jumping into water. Right. You know? Right. I wonder if he was counting footsteps because he's got a very, like he's not running like his life is in danger. He's kind of running in that kind of like Pillsbury Doughboy esque like bounding, you know? Yes, yes. Because the thing with fire stunts, and I've mentioned this on previous shows, you cannot breathe while you're doing a fire stunt because the right. air around you is so hot. If you took a breath, you would burn your lungs. So not only does he have to see through that ridiculous leech snout, <laughs> he's he's got to be counting his footsteps. So he's probably blind, has to hold his breath until he makes it to the water. 
Right. I mean, just what a nightmare scenario. I, I would love to just talk to that guy. Whoever played Leech Man, that's another thing you can look up, audience, because we're, we're too lazy right. to do our jobs today, apparently. <laughs> just one of those days, man. <laughs> I would love to talk to that guy, though, and shake his hand and just yeah, just ask him about or, that. Or it's in one of the Maniac Cop movies where there's they're in a prison and someone gets burned. And it's like, it's almost like it reminds me of um, Halloween 2 because it's like a, such a huge burn that it's like crawling up the side of a wall, then coming across the ceiling. Like the burn in Halloween 2 was so like huge that the flames coming off Michael Myers were going up the wall he was walking down across the ceiling and down the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, Jesus, you know? Yeah. That's I'm intense. Pretty sure that was Dick Warlock doing that in halloween 2 yeah because i know he played michael in halloween 2 but i'm pretty sure that like he really wanted to do that burn be- because he, he like really that's the kind wanted of thing. to jesus what a psycho dude that's stuntmen for you fuck me man i'd never put well you want to what yeah <laughs> so no way but Kudos, because you make movie history, and you know you were still talking about it some forty years later. That's you know? yeah, that's the thing. You know, people want that, and they're real. Like I don't even care that Michael Myers got swole because <laughs> he he looks like a marshmallow <laughs> when he comes out of there because of all the burn protection they got on him. I don't care right. though, because that fire stunt is fucking mesmerizing. I mean, you need to watch the movie just for that one scene where you're just like, it's jaw dropping, jaw dropping to this day. Where I'm like, yeah, there's not too many. You can't really count that many movies that have done something like that. So, I mean, despite it kind of being a so-so movie, like that in and of itself is like, holy shit. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, it's awesome. So, round of applause. Production value. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I I, I will agree with you that I think the other monsters in the movie, uh, they did not have a good budget to finish them or complete them or whatever. Right. So, well, yeah, because there's that one in the jail cell that's like half turned into a monster. Yeah, and, it's like they, a reptile or something. I don't know. He's like an elephant man, and they only show him from the waist oh. up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. But there's another one in there that's like a reptile, half reptile, like his half of his face is reptile, and then he's got a claw on. Who knows? Right. What'd you think of, uh, Heather Locklear as Abby. I, I, she's the most annoying, I think, of this movie. Is really? Heather Locklear. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it looks like she was having a lot of fun. It, it looks like she was just enjoying being away from the set of TJ Hooker because they make jokes about that. Oh. In the beginning of it context clues i think she looks like she's having a good time uh when she gets to fire that shotgun when the jeep's driving away you know yeah as they're blowing the ever-loving shit out of whoever's lawn that is <laughs> i mean i don't know here's why i don't i didn't like her and i think it may be just because i got i always get so on the wrong foot right away it's like how she talks to plants you know like it's like one of those feelings where um, you know how some people have like really awful behavior, right? 
but then they make it into a bigger thing and like, well, why wouldn't I talk to plants? Like, why are you judging me? I'm not the psycho. Like everyone should be talking to plants. I feel like that's like her attitude is like, I'm so crazy that I'm talking to these plants, but why are you making fun of me for talking to plants? You know, cause she does it out in the open so much. Right. I don't know. I didn't yeah. really care for the plant talking thing. And then I'm like, Oh, this lady, I got to deal with this lady for the rest of this movie. Yeah. Her and people who think dolls are people. Like that's that's oh, another boy. weird thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. on it's on similar footing on the uh the patented shoof scale of interpersonal weirdness. Uh yeah. But like oh man, I, I, I there's so many things that I wish I could like not know about. And there it's definitely like the doll things because like some of those dolls are made to walk with you if you hold their hand, so it looks like a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the people that own something like that, you really have to question like what's in their head, you know, like you, you are aware that there is an entire subculture in Japan for people having funerals for their robots, right? What the fuck? No, but it wouldn't surprise me in Japan either because they're so like open about their like weirdness. Literally everything. Yeah. It's the strictest culture and also like the most out of control weird but do you think that's just like the yin and yang of being or having a repressed culture where then it's like the flip side of that is like really open about like really weird shit, you know? Oh, absolutely. Think, absolutely. Okay. Because it is like, yeah, it is like the polar opposites in the same culture. Like, I mean, when I was there, it did not take me too long to notice that there were vending machines with used women underwear in it you know mm-hmm. used women's underwear in it holy shit like that yeah. was like what <laughs> flipping through the uh tv guide in the hotel they're like hmm awful lot of tentacle porn <laughs> yep like it's bizarre <laughs> and then like what I found so in the this is a tangent, but I'm sorry. What I found so interesting is like they just had alcohol and cigarette vending machines there, but they had a similar like underage you couldn't buy these as like the United States does, right? And I don't remember the exact age, but what I found so surprising, I was like, well, like how do they? Why would you not buy it? Like, because if it's in a vending machine, like you could just walk up and get yourself a beer. But they're so like rule oriented that they don't go against the rules right Mm -hmm. so it's like this sign says that you have to be x amount of years to purchase yeah like that old to purchase it yeah uh well i guess there's something to be said for that code of honor so you didn't like heather locklear what did you think of joey seagal is he the yeah he's the uh main main uh mercenary yeah security guard moron he's the guy that's dishing out puns like they're coming out of a pez dispenser i thought like i thought like it was um funny at times but a little over the top and i like because the payoff was when like he finally has his final confrontation after being burnt to hell by swamp thing Right. He like, cause he says something along the lines of like, well, I mean, like Swamp Thing's in like the, you know, arcane compound, the the house or whatever. I was going to say museum, but the house. And he is in his Jeep, Joey Seagal is. And he's like, 
I'm going to get you potato head or something yeah, like right. that. Right. Time to make coleslaw, spinach man. Like, wait <laughs> yeah. a minute, which one is yeah. it? Like, coleslaw yeah. or spinach? Yeah. And then, like, Swamp Thing does something and his car just blows up, like, within seconds. And I'm just like, now that's funny, right? Because you yeah. have this, like, I'm, we're going to have our showdown. JK, JK, my car's blowing up, you know? Yeah. And then when he comes back, he shoves a grenade <laughs> down his pants. It goes, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's very much like like in Raiders of the Lost Ark when the guy shows up with the sword and you're like, oh, man, that's going to be good. And then he just shoots him because he's too tired to have the fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. You're never going to know her like me and the boys did. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh-huh. There were lines like that, the, like the timing. I, there were scenes where there was like other timing that I really appreciated. When uh, Joey Segal was talking to um, the two kids the two kids are with him, but he's trying to take their camera. Mm-hmm. And then he, they're like, does this mean you'll let us go? And he's like, or what does yeah. he say? He goes, that means no. you'll let us go, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That like line delivery was great. Just, you know, swamp things there with the bat, like hitting Seagal in the, in yeah. the body with it. It was and awesome. Which... I did like how that carries through the rest of the movie because he's wearing the bandage over the nose. Yeah, he does get deteriorated a lot (laughs) through Mm -hmm. this movie. So those are the, I mean, those are the things that I like about this movie. And there's definitely like more things that I like about this movie than I didn't like, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think part of it, a lot of it can, when I say I didn't like it, it's not like how dare this movie or this movie shouldn't exist. It's just like, oh, that's okay. Type of dislike, you know? It's not like, you know, I'm not going to go into like a a rage, like Shocking Dark or something, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, speaking of which, what costumes did you think were better for the uh, guards? Was it the Megaforces yellow and black costumes or the orange costumes with the shirts cut off or the sleeves cut off? in this movie which do you think did it better i'm gonna go with return of swamp thing only because it functionally contributes to the pervasive sense of sleaze the movie has whereas yeah in shocking dark it just looked fucking stupid yeah yeah that's that's a good point they should have picked a different color besides orange, orange? though, because it makes them all look like prison escapees yeah yeah Although they probably just did that because it's like, shit, what can we do in a swamp that's high visibility? We can't use yellow because we're already ripping off Moonraker. So, orange, it's genius. Ship it. What did you, okay, so there was all the guard, the dudes with the sleeve cut cut off shit, right? Mm -hmm. But did you happen to notice that for one scene, there's just three ladies in full-on spandex, orange spandex, from head to toe, shooting Uzis at Swamp Thing and Heather Locklear? Yes. That's like... I feel like that was a decision after the fact. Like, the director was like, we need more sleaze. We we need to sex this up a bit. Yeah. Because you don't see those ladies anywhere else in the movie. They're not walking around not doing shit in the background it's literally for just an insert yeah what if those guys are like arcane's version of the swat team where it's like 
you know, they only come out when shit gets real. The rest of the time, <laughs> it's oh, oh, just just like let the... those just let those beefcakes roam around. Those mosquitoes will love those guns. <laughs> right. Wait. <laughs> so the ladies are like the elite task force inside the guards, the security force. Is that what you're saying? That is me giving them too much credit, but yes, that is what I'm saying. Okay. Gotcha. I think it has to be something kind of like that, though, because what's her name? Poinsettia, the second in command. She was a Playboy bunny, I believe. But you only see because her. Of course she was. Well, yeah, of course she was. You know, Jim Winerski can cast his babes. <laughs> tell you, right. tell you what. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you only see her having this kind of adversarial relationship with uh, Peggy Bundy's brother when they're you know comparing scars and talking about Grenada oh. and. Motley Crue constantly, you know, trying to out badass each other. Yeah, that was really awkward. And I got this from the Motley Crue concert. Shut the fuck up. Someone bit that bit me that hard at a concert, let alone a Motley, Motley Crue concert. I can't imagine, like, I mean, I'd be pretty pissed off not being like, hey, this, this is a really cool thing that happened to me. Like, I got bit. <laughs> Some dude bit me at a concert. Something tells me that you have a different value system than these people. <laughs> I have a value system. Just, just, just the feeling the I'm getting. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there is a value system that I have, whereas they are all lacking a system. Distinctly. You know, of value. Yes. <laughs> Here's the other reason why this movie looks so sleazy. So the scientific lab... Uh, where a lot of the movie towards the end of this was mm -hmm. shot or filmed in. Yes. It was in a fucking warehouse in Savannah, Georgia during the summer, right? Okay. Like Savannah, Georgia's hot. It's humid. It's nasty. This fucking place had no air conditioning. And while they were shooting in the lab, that's where the set for the lab was. Um, yeah, it would just spike up to like 120 degrees. So there's nothing you could do to not make or to people to make them look like they weren't sweating, you know, mm -hmm. just like, hey, we're perpetually sweating in this awful set, man. But I also want to know where the money went to. Because this movie cost seven million dollars and it's like they there's like three areas that they shot in the swamp, the mansion and the lab. Mm -hmm. So where did all the money go? You know, well, they didn't build a swamp. I know that because that that's one of the things they did on the new TV series. And allegedly, that's part of the reason why they shut that down was because that swamp set was really expensive to maintain, although it would have paid for itself over the course of the series had they done more than one series. But, you know, it, it was just one of those corporate victims, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm hmm. Ah, uh, the Swamp Thing costume, certainly. Um, I can't imagine Louis Jordan would have been that expensive, although he was probably the highest paid person. Either he, I would put money that either him or Heather Locklear was the highest paid person in that movie. That doesn't explain $7 million, Locklear. though. No. Because no. she was a big TV star at the time. I don't know, though. Like I said, she was a big TV star at the time, and it's not like today where TV's kind of where it's at. It was the other way around. It's like, you're a peasant because you're working in TV. You're lucky to get this break. 
in this, you know, Hollywood feature film. I mean, that's just the thinking of it. Whereas today, yeah, feature films are great, but everybody wants to be in TV series because of all the streaming revenue. It's it's a totally yeah. reverse situation from what it was back then. So I would bet that Louis Jordan was probably more expensive than Heather Locklear, even though she was a big TV star and he was kind of, you know, cresting the hill of his popularity. But, right. you know, still an actor with some pretty serious chops. Right. He was also actually like pretty, pretty awesome as a person, Jordan was. So he actually got the, um, just because I found this really interesting because I really did not like the character. I'm like, who is it? Like, is this the character that I don't like or am I looking past the character and this guy's a dickhead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which there's arguments to say that he was like, had an ego or whatever. But man, this guy um, got the French Legion of Honor, which is like the highest French order of merit that you could possibly get, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know what he did? This is the balls on this guy. He was part of the French resistance, and he helped publish and distribute distribute newspapers in Nazi-occupied France. Holy shit. Like, I don't know. That's a good way to get killed. (laughs) So, that's pretty amazing. You know, know, but if if you're going to get killed for something, that's a cause worth dying for. Oh, hell yeah. That's pretty amazing. So good for him that also France recognized him. And they gave that to him in 2010. Oh, really? So like relatively recent award. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, like I thought that was amazing. So but then I also looked up Heather Locklear and she she uh, she's the we uh, she won the Razzie Award for Worst Actress. So this is our second award winning actress on the (laughs) podcast. Was it for this movie? Yeah, for this movie. She won the Worst female actress award oh well there you go that's kind of backs up your uh theory there not liking her (laughs) yeah i'm just like a fly on shit with this movie though i i love everything about it even the even the bad stuff i don't know there's just something mesmerizing about it and as trashy as it is people i've shown this to who objectively avoid movies like this like even are like you know i have a hard time hating on this (laughs) like right (laughs) it's just something about it I agree. When I say it's like these are my dislikes, it still doesn't it's still not enough to me to like bring me over and say it's a god awful disaster piece, anger inducing movie. It's still fun to watch. I've had fun watching it. It's just some yeah, like I said before at the beginning, it's just sometimes it's like it depends the mood I'm in. You know, if I'm I'm coming into the movie a little tilted, I think I'm gonna know the or the things that bother me are gonna bother me more, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Uh but I love the suit. I love the most of the makeup effects. And I will say that even though this movie's campy, it actually sets up a story, you know, and concludes the story. Unlike, you know, you know, it's pretty, or I mean, it's competent in doing that. Unlike other movies that are, you know, millions of dollars to make that can't even get that right. You know, nod, nod, wink, wink, Force Awakens. Or I mean, not Force Awakens whatever this rise rise of of matt's rage yeah i gotta let that hate flow through me yes that's right (laughs) hate hate leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering yeah i suffered through that so did we all i'm sorry it hurt you (laughs) it continues to man i gotta go see a 
a psychologist about it, you know, because it's trauma. It's trauma, and I'm well, still be living. What four years later? You could always tell your plants about it, and I think that'd be a cheaper, cheaper way. <laughs> oh, they won't listen. <laughs> they never I also, do. Here, here's a here's a gripe that I had though. I I, I looked over um reviews of this movie uh and this isn't about anyone in particular but they're like uh they constantly refer to swamp thing as a talking vegetable which i didn't really think was accurate because it's a plant that has the consciousness of alec holland not a vegetable not all you know like i don't i don't think it is in this continuity though because he turns into dick Durock for their bizarre steamy mind fucking sex scene that they have whatever that's supposed to be that honestly that is the most odd thing of this movie you know Mm -hmm. but it was in comic books so i'll kind of let it slide but i guess like seeing it actually moving on film is like yeah this is actually really odd you know uh, where it's like the hallucinogen, but they're like holding hands at the end of it. Like they're across from each other, like holding hands and some kumbaya shit. So I'm like, well, was it just like mind transference or did that actually happen? Happen. Yeah. You know? Or I don't know. Like it, it's, it, it just becomes more disturbing the more you think about it because, you know, yeah, yeah it's kind of like a metaphor for two souls connecting. You could also look at it as Swamp Thing's slipping or a Mickey and <laughs> you know yeah now now you get yeah, into no some shit. pretty weird like morally Have your drinks girls questions one thing is a rapist uh. so, <laughs> it's not oh um yeah that was odd but apparently the guy who played alec holland in human form uh was a, a creep who creeped out heather lockley are so fierce that as soon as the scene was done, he was swiftly removed from set. Which must have been really bad, you know, because of the director. You know, like, directors directed some pornography, you know? So, like, what is his... Probably one of his buddies from, like, porno days, so... Oh, yeah, that's exactly... When I read that, I was like, it's because he's a porn star. Mm -hmm. You know, air-quoting. You know, like, probably, like, yeah, from his porn days. So he was, like, promptly removed from set. I tried to find, like, well, what did happen? Uh And Heather Locklear was just, like, he was just really creepy, you know? But what he actually did, who knows? But, yeah, he was taken off set quickly. Hmm. So, (laughs) that's gross. Do you think it was odd working with this director? Do you think he's a creep? I've never heard interviews from him or heard him talk or anything, but just his background is kind of like eyebrow raising, you know? Well, it certainly is. And like I said, there's a DVD commentary with him on the Return of Swamp Thing disc that I have. That's right. And I didn't know anything about the whole pornography thing until my buddy brought it up. And this was like two years ago. I've been watching this. I've been watching this movie at least once a year, pretty much every year since I discovered it as a kid. So I, I, he must be able to compartmentalize that very well, if that's okay. the case. Okay. You know, what's fascinating is I didn't know about the whole porn thing until you had mentioned it. We're like, yeah, because you said like, oh yeah, the guy who did Chopping Mall also directed Return of Swamp Thing. And 
he's kind of a sleazy director. Mm-hmm. So I only found out because of you and then like really found out about it because of this. <laughs> it's, I think once you know that it's really apparent in chopping mall because there is some fierce looking camel toe. And yeah. I really feel like that was done by design because of the whole yes. sleaze bag background. But then they didn't tell the actress because they didn't, you know, like they kind of conjure into it sort of a thing. That's the kind of thing yeah. that I look down upon in a very disapproving manner. Yes, I agree. I don't feel like that happened in this movie, though, although it might have had the uh, Alec Holland's date raping thing gone a different way for Heather Locklear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So overall, what do you think? I, I don't know. I'm glad that I really enjoyed it for this episode, but who knows if I'll like it the next time, you know? It's okay. such a hard one for me. Well, we'll have to retroactively rewatch it in like three years and see if your opinion changes at all. Yeah, just it's got to be on a, a day where I'm not annoyed about anything or have not rolled my ankle, you know, or something like that. That puts me in a date, uh, in a, a state of, yeah, I don't know, uneasiness. Da- come down with a serious case of pepleritis? Well, I, it's just ongoing. It's not that it gets inflamed here or there. It's just a constant thing of like, I did this to myself today. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, I just walked down some stairs uh, yesterday afternoon and rolled my ankle. So that was cool. So dealing with that. I'm I'm just over here shaking my head like a jackass. <laughs> like, well, you've I, known me long of, enough. Of course, like, <laughs> like what? None well, of that's this. That's the response. Yeah. Is it's not like, oh man, that sucks. It's of course you did. I you know? I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Why? Because bullshit like this kind of happens relatively frequently. I'm not saying I roll my ankle all the time, but it's something that just an injury that just comes out of the blue for no reason. So I digress. That is my life. It is what I have to deal with. <laughs> You're a lucky man. I'll, I'll, I'll take that because of all the other fun shit I get to do, like recording podcasts, you know? <laughs> okay. It's a good trade-off. Yeah. It's a good trade-off to have. That's, that's a positive way of looking at it, at least. Yeah. Speaking that's of right. positive, if you could give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, it'd be great. If you could recommend the show to at least one other friend, family member, coworker, whatever, we would also really appreciate that. Yes, and if you can uh, give us a like and a follow on our social medias at Post Credits Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, that'd be awesome because we're bound to have some cool guests coming up and you will not want to miss out on that shit. All right? It's, it's so, true. We're talking to some cool people right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye.